Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm George Malin, a journalist with Quetel Wireless Solutions, and I'm delighted to welcome you and to introduce the IoT Social Impact Award. I'm joined by Alexander Buffalino, the Vice President of Marketing at Quetel, Ronnie Cohen, the Head of Strategy and Business Development at FlowLive, and Keith Kreischer, the Executive Director of the IoT M2M Council, also known as IMC. These companies are sponsoring the award, so it's great to have representatives of each here to tell us more. Um, turning to Alexander first, why have you got involved and supported the IoT Social Impact Award? Hi, thanks, George. Uh, good question. Uh, I think there is multiple reasons why we at Quectel uh, joined the award. So the first reason I think um, it comes down to the fact that we are an IoT enablement leader, uh, global IoT enablement leader, but our mantra, our slogan, um, has much wider dimension than just promoting technology in itself. And I'm sure you know it. Uh, it says building a smarter world. Now our founder and uh, CEO Patrick has created that slogan uh, when he uh, founded Quectel. And I can tell you that uh, it's not just a slogan. It drives us really every day here at Quectel. So we mean it. That's why it's kind of natural to us to participate in that award because we are always uh, up to identify, empower and analyze uh, broader effects of application of IoT technologies. The second reason I think is, uh, you know, we all know we are just coming out of COVID, uh, that we live in a constantly changing world and uh, there is uh, a huge need of uh, new solutions and uh, change in so many ways. Uh, I think nobody would argue about that. We need to master all challenges, but we need to constantly be able to master as well new challenges. And IoT, from my personal experience, 22 years in IoT is about gaining huge knowledge. And um, if this knowledge is computed, um, it leads to wisdom. And uh, it leads also to smartness, hopefully. Now, uh, you know, we can look at health, we can look at education, we can look at environmental care, security, we can look at uh, resource planning, energy harvesting, and so many more challenges uh, that humanity has to face. I think it's kind of normal and clear that uh, such an award is a, is a natural and a very good uh, method to find out what kind of solutions are out there. Uh, and we believe that it's especially now after the crisis or the end of the big COVID crisis, a very good moment uh, to put the special spotlight on those solutions that have a particularly strong impact on um, uh, social. And um, while I was preparing for that short podcast, I was researching in the internet about definitions of social impact. And actually I found one which I like very much that says an activity having an effect on a community and the well-being of individuals and families. So I find that particularly beautiful. And I think it's also a good drive for our award as a kind of mantra. Finally, there will be a winner, but there will be many winners. Everybody that sends us um, an application uh, is going to be a winner because we'll be recognized, will gain visibility, or will also gain recognition. And obviously we have um, a lineup of very valuable prices too. 
Super, this sounds very exciting. Uh, Ronnie, um, why is now the right time to launch the IoT Social Impact Award? I think from, uh, you know, from Flow Life's point of view, a young company, we, we really got into uh, our breakthrough during the, the, the COVID period. Uh, I think, you know, during 2000, we've been around since 2016, but really from 2019, we were uh, just starting to have a, a serious impact in, in the market. And I think we, I could say that we're one of these companies that actually, you know, grew during the COVID period. And the, the change was very much, um, was very much sort of uh, inflicted upon us, if I could say, in the way of working, in the way of, uh, of, of, of hiring, in the way of dealing with everything. And from our point of view, really, we are, uh, we are a company born into change. And I think that uh, it's, it's affected any, everyone from all our employees, and our management. And, and, uh, and we're enjoying that. And we, we're seeing that really this is the sort of the world we live in now. It's, it's changed dramatically uh, during the, the COVID period, the way we work and the impact. And I think there's a, I think, you know, in the last two years, a lot has come into the to everyone's attention. You know the the state of the environment and the the the, the environment. You know in terms of the the heat and the, the you know everything's changing. We see the everyone's uh, you know the weather is changing and the impacts changing and the environments. You know what do we do with all that waste management? There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of change and there's a lot of people understanding that things need to change. And really, from from a company like us who has sort of uh, infrastructure globally, we believe that uh, we can enable it. Um, you know, from a personal point of view, I'm I'm also driven by by my by uh, my teenage children who kind of really show you the way that. Uh, that things are changing. Not everything's uh, not everything's as uh, as it was in, in generations that I think that we we grew up in. Um, and although there's been a lot of technological sort of advancements in the last twenty years, I think the the social and the environmental impact uh, on on this generation, I think they understood it a lot quicker than that. And uh, in many cases, I see that. Uh, in uh, you know my son having a lot of these you know interested uh, projects around you know social impact and I feel that there is a, there's definitely a drive for that and I think as a company we are we are well positioned to help we're well positioned to enable it uh, and we definitely wanted to play our part in it you know as I said we're a company that really grew during this period. Um, and I, we feel that we, we definitely have that, that responsibility and we have that capability to support these, uh, these projects. And we're really excited and looking forward to, to getting some new ideas. You know, these things always spawn something else. There's always, uh, there'll always be another, another outcome from that. And we're very much looking forward to that. Great. Thank you, Ronnie. Um, Keith, as IoT matures, projects are scaling up and we're starting to see the social impact of projects across different sectors. Which areas of IoT do you see having the greatest um, social impact? Uh, well, uh, good morning, George, and thanks for having me first. But, uh, um, you know, I would say uh, 
to give you the short answer, uh, global warming or, or, or response to environmental issues, and secondly, uh, healthcare and, and wellness issues. Um, you know, we at the IMC uh, are, are seen as sort of a neutral player in the industry, and 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 therefore, you know, we 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 pride ourselves on observing what's going on out there. And um, you know, one of the things we see right now is is uh, especially here in the U.S. is is a lot of talk about infrastructure spending and stimulus packages. And uh, this is kind of a roundabout way of getting to your question, George, but, but one of the things that we're seeing is a blurring of the distinctions between physical and digital infrastructure. Uh, uh, some of the most influential people right now um, who are sourcing IoT technology are in what we would call in the States public works folks from the government side. And uh, these are people that build roads and build bridges. Basically, they pour concrete for a living. And, um, you know, not the people you might typically expect to be involved in, in digital infrastructure. Uh, but indeed, they are, in fact, deploying sensors and connectivity uh, when they're going about their business. And it's not just roads and ports. Really what we're seeing is mass sensorization, massive IoT, uh, the, the ability to monitor everything. And as we're seeing that, the price of connected sensors becomes close to negligible and therefore ubiquitous. You know, everything uh, uh, has a sensor these days. And this is going to greatly improve, improve our uh, ability to respond to natural disasters. Uh, you look at the flooding in Germany this year, the droughts in the US and, and, and major storms. Our ability to react to these things has been greatly enhanced by IoT technology. And, um, you know, it's not just a reactive response. Uh, you know, I think uh, we're seeing now for the first time through, through AI and machine learning, real trending analysis, uh, and we'll be able to gather more data and hopefully, hopefully become more predictive in, in how we react to uh, uh, climate change. Uh, uh, you know, and hopefully, I think this may spur action on the parts of people and governments. Uh, in the end of the day, uh, you know, we, we may burn in hell, but we'll know what's going on, George. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> uh, Ronnie, uh, what types of projects are you hoping to uh, uncover and recognize? Um, I think that we, you know, we see, we're very much um, looking at the environmental, uh, and I would hope that we would find uh, partners and, uh, and innovators in the environmental space. I think the medical space, environmental space, a lot of this has happened in the last two years. Uh, we see that uh, definitely positive effects in air pollution in the cities as well. So, um, you know, a lot of people are, are living today in this big move towards the cities that has been for the last 30, 40 years, but still, you know, a, a bigger move towards these big cities. I think the air pollution is now connected to the medical uh, the medical effects on, on people's health. Um, so I would hope to see some innovation in that uh, respect, not just monitoring your pollution, but really maybe understanding it, maybe making an impact in it. And I think there's definitely something there to do with, uh, with medical devices. Um, and again, on the environmental side, uh, I would say a lot to do with waste management. Uh, you know, could we, could we, could we fill up those landfills a little bit less um, and, and maybe recycle differently, maybe find uh, solutions to, to reuse things. I think there's definitely, a, you know, whatever is reused is not in a landfill. 
So that's for me. Uh, that's for me the the key areas, and that that uh, I would be excited to see some innovation. Great, thank you, uh, Ronnie. That's that's really um, interesting. Um, Alex, turning to you, um, many see IoT as simply a technology innovation, and others see it purely in business terms. But do you think the social impacts of building a smarter world are, are well enough understood? Well, uh, let me start with how I define IoT. I think it's a it's a digital evolution, if not a revolution, enabled by technology. I've always seen it that way. So in, effectively, it triggers human creativity through opportunity. So I learned that it's very difficult to separate business effects uh, from uh, social outcomes. If you analyze various uh, vertical use cases, for example, you, you mostly uh, will identify both. Yeah? And uh, while I hope and we hope that with this award, uh, we will be able to put some light on this coexistence and, and be able to educate the audience of the broader effects of many IoT business solutions, uh, which is very often social impact. But obviously, we are also very interested in innovations uh, we haven't heard of yet. Great. Thank you, uh, Alex. Let's, uh, let's turn back to, to Keith. Keith, um, in terms of the social impact of the IoT, the elephant in the room uh, is the COVID pandemic. Can you name some specific ways that IoT technology has helped um, the response to the pandemic globally? Sure. Um, and I owe uh, some of my response to my good friend Benson Chan at the uh, Strategy of Things Group, um, uh, some of the uh, better analysts out there. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I divide the 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 IoT impact on the world's COVID response kind of into three areas. Uh, the first one would be intervention. You know, uh, quick response. You know, uh, just just air quality monitoring, uh, helping with sheltering in place helping with contact tracing and telehealth, being able to have uh, uh, doctors and first responders uh, take care of people without actually uh, being present on site. We move from that into a sort of a second phase, which, you know, uh, uh, Benson would call agile response. And, you know, at that point, you're getting into things like asset tracking for supply chain, you know, helping out with the, the supply of protective equipment, as well as supplies of vaccines. Um, taking care of medical personnel uh, uh, remotely and, and just mobility tracing continuing through that phase. And mm. then in the final phase, we have this sort of establishment of safe spaces. And, you know, uh, uh, you can see that in, in various uh, uh, single deployments, single applications. We've got fever detecting cameras now. Uh, we've got uh, social distances being uh, actually programmed by by uh, uh, monitoring systems. We've got remote sanitizing and cleaning, uh, uh, you know, occupancy sensing in the workplace, and you know uh, uh, all manner of maintenance being done remotely today. So you know those are sort of three phases that we've seen, and and indeed we're we're clearly entering that third phase. You know, we're going to see autonomous robots in the workplace doing you know standard maintenance chores and cleaning. You know, we're going to see uh, patient monitoring uh, in telehealth applications. You know, we're going to see drones doing a lot of uh, uh, work where people don't need to be on site uh, moving forward. These are mm -hmm. things we can expect to continue. 
Yeah. Great, Keith. So beyond COVID, how do you see the growing digital divide between people that have access to digital technology and those that do not? And how will that affect the deployment of IoT technology? Well, that's a big question. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I thought I'd try it, try it on with you. <laughs> wow. Uh, you know, right now, uh, uh, you know, according to the United Nations, less than 30 percent uh, of Africa has Internet access, whereas, yeah. you know, in Europe and in the U.S., it's, it's closer to 80 uh, percent. You know, clearly there's a lack of infrastructure in less developed countries, and that's a main impediment to connectivity, uh, you know. But technology alone can't uh, uh, bridge this digital divide. Uh, you know, uh, we're going to need more investment, especially in education. And it's also important to note, uh, it's not just a matter of money. Uh, I mean, you've got rural versus urban divides. You've got social barriers. You've got political systems that are, are uh, uh, acting as impediments in some cases and, uh, uh, you know, uh, fertile environments in others. And in some ways, uh, COVID exacerbated the divide. Uh, um, um, but, uh, you know, just to turn the question around a little bit, you know, I, I, I look at how IoT is actually helping, helping to address the digital divide. And, you know, the, the one way that you see that perhaps more clearly than another is distance learning, all manner of distance learning. Uh, you know, there are a lot of studies out there that show that education is the first step in developing I, internet skills. And uh, um, even more important than other factors, other demographic factors like income uh, uh, is education. And uh, although I, I would grant you they mostly overlap, um, you know, uh, we've seen a great expansion of the ability to uh, uh, provide education remotely during COVID. Uh, right now, you know, according to wh whoever you talk to, there's anywhere between 20 and 50 billion device devices uh, um, already deployed in the field, um, and and IoT clearly requires a consistent connection to those devices in order to function. Uh, but uh, you know, we're seeing some interesting projects out there. You know, uh, Alphabet, Google has got the, their project Loon, where they're actually providing connectivity to remote areas or areas that have been affected by natural disasters uh, uh, via stratospheric balloons. Uh, and I think we're gonna see a lot more interesting things coming down the pipe. I, I, expect, uh, I expect satellite connectivity to revolutionize things, frankly. Uh, uh, we're already seeing uh, uh, major uh, uh, satellite or orbits and, and networks being established and, and that's around the corner. Uh, um, and, and finally, you know, you, you, you get, you know, sort of these, these, these little examples of things, but I think they're also important to note out, you know, Deloitte uh, just had a study showing that, that IOT is actually helping smaller retailers compete with much larger retailers by providing them from, with everything from the ability to process credit cards to actually manage their supply chains. So I think, uh, uh, IOT is, is definitely a positive force in terms of uh, addressing the digital divide. And, you know, as, as you know, we see this mass sensorization, uh, you're going to see the cost of connectivity go down. And uh, that will only, uh, only help to, uh, 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 to address, you know, the, the clear discrepancies that are out there. Sure. Thanks, Keith. That was brave of you to take that question on. Uh, Ronnie, <laughs> turning, turning to you, um, what are some of the all new IoT tech trends that uh, you're seeing and that you expect to have a positive social impact? I think that what I would like to, to see, or we're seeing a little bit or the early days of it, but I think up to now, uh, we've, uh, you know, over the last few years, what we've seen is a single 
I called it a single strand. So if somebody built a sensor for air quality and and uh, and, and provided that information, and, and that information maybe later on, you know, impacted some some sort of policy change or things like that. I think that as a general rule, what what I see changing is the is the cross pollination of, of technologies. So when I try to well, let me sort of give an example. If in the sense that uh, in the larger cities we are getting, uh, we've got uh, spread out air quality sensors, which are a lot cheaper and uh, are spread out everywhere, and we can afford to put these, uh, you know, hundreds or thousands of these in the city, we can clearly determine uh, today with good connectivity exactly when these things are happening and, and not just understand, uh, you know, what is causing them. But also, for example, when I talk about a cross-pollination, I mean, now we can create, for example, uh, disseminate this information to the end user. So it's not just the environmental agency who's getting the information. It's actually perhaps we could give this directly to the end users. If someone has is suffering from, uh, you know, some sort of illness where, for example, some asthma or things like that, then perhaps they shouldn't go down to this particular area in the city, you know, today. But it could also, you know, in the long term, influence the uh, manufacturers or the, uh, you know, somebody else in the in the region who is, you know, polluting this area. So, what I'm trying to say for all this innovation, what I would really like to see is sort of using, you know, cross pollinating between different things. It's not mm. just uh, getting a sensor that does that. It's getting a sensor that does that. Getting the AI. To, to disseminate this information, bringing sort of a, bringing actual you know, benefits to the end users or you know, to the environment. If, if it is a social impact, it needs to be there. Now, you clearly mentioned uh, you know, waste management before and the healthcare. All these things are tied in together. You know, all the things are, you know, we have more waste, we've got but, you know, worse, uh, uh, worse living condition, we've got better, you know, uh, worse uh, air quality, we've got more uh, medical issues. So these things need to be, you know, in sort of a loop. They, they need to feed back to each other and they need to get better. And every time we do a circle looping back the, the information to the medical devices, they need, we need to figure this out. And this is, I think, where the innovation should, should focus on. You know, let's improve every time we cycle these things that in shorter, um, in shorter cycles than before, where we let the uh, the governments uh, manage this, we should do this within these uh, within this uh, realm of innovation. Now, yeah. excellent, thank you, Ronnie. Um, Alex, um, how can people enter the awards, and, and what are the criteria? Well, that's pretty simple. We have uh, built a website uh, which is uh, to be found under iotsocialimpact.com. Just go there and submit your entry. Um, we are predominantly looking for real and life uh, use cases, uh, but also for all sorts of innovation. And as um, Ronnie just said, innovation mostly happens when uh, worlds collide, so or verticals collide. So we are particularly interested to also understand if there are solutions out there that have started or are starting at a certain area, 
but then uh, can uh, bring advantages also into other areas where they collide or, or, or cross. Um, and that's, um, that's it. It's very easy and simple. I would like to mention that we have already gotten, uh, since we have uh, started some promotion on um, social media channels, um, a lot of uh, entries, and we are looking forward to have many more uh, because we believe, at least from a Quectel, but also our partners' point of view, that this is just the beginning, uh, since the issue is um, is very interesting, um, and there might be a further such um, a series of uh, social impact awards. So um, don't hesitate if you are not ready today to stay tuned and follow us, and uh, you might be ready next time. But for all the ones that are ready now please visit our website, submit your entry, and we will be looking at it with maximum interest and um, promote it uh, when the um, selection and elections um, have, um, have been done. That's great. Thank you, Alex. Uh, and thanks very much to all our speakers. Obviously, Alexander Bopolino from Quectel, Ronnie Cohen from Flowlive, Flo and uh, Keith Kreischer from the IMC. Uh, we're all looking forward to hearing uh, about the entries to the IOC Social Impact Award and the eventual winners. Um, as Alex was saying, entries opened on the 1st of October and we've already had uh, several submissions so far, but there is still plenty of time. The final deadline to submit your entry is the 26th of November 2021 and judging uh, will close uh, on the 20th of December. The IOT Social Impact Award shortlist will be announced on the 6th of January 2022. Uh, with the winner selected by industry voting and the ultimate winner will be announced on the 1st of March next year. Um, just to reiterate, um, to register for the, to enter the award, simply go to iotsocialimpact.com and fill out your entry. Thanks again for listening. Uh, we look forward to welcoming you to another Quectel podcast soon. And in the meantime, check out our social channels and uh, our other content. Thanks again and goodbye.